I can leave right now and say it's been been good to be here, amen. Uh, Lord was all over that, bless God. Uh, sound like a bird singing in here, a heavenly bird, so effortlessly. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, and what makes it beautiful is that the spirit was in it. Uh, boy, uh, I, I love hearing good singing, but what I love more than that is feeling the spirit of God when somebody sings. Listen, you, you could not carry a tune in the bucket, but if God's in it, it'll bless my soul. And you can hit every high note and every low note and not have the spirit behind it, and it'll just be uh, what Paul said, tinkling cymbal. That's all it'd be. Thank God for the spirit. Amen. I'm thankful that we have the spirit of the Lord here. Uh, the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. I'm thankful for the liberty tonight. I feel good tonight. I'm, I'm thankful. We're blessed folk tonight. Amen. You believe that? Listen, our country's in turmoil. Our world is going down in ashes, but bless God, we're blessed people. Bless God, I've got the hope of eternal life, and one day I'll receive my glorification, whether by the grave or being caught up in the air. One way or the other, I'm getting glorified. Amen. I'll, my mortal body will put on immortality, and my corruptible body will put on incorruptible. Uh, amen. And I'm thankful tonight that we have the victory. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 said, But thanks be unto God which bringeth us the victory in Jesus Christ. I'm glad we had the victory tonight. Uh, before I get into the message, anybody got a word of testimony? Yeah, absolutely. That should be our desire. Uh, that's how the, the devils acted when Peter walked by. Especially when Jesus walked by. Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Don't, don't cast us out to the deep. Cast us into the herd of swine. Amen. That, that should be every one of our prayer. Is that people see Jesus in us. But not only that, they'll feel the Spirit of God in us. Because it's the Spirit that sets them free. Amen? Anyone else tonight? Praise the Lord.
Brother Robert. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, Ephesians chapter 2, I'll be wrapping up Ephesians chapter 2. Our title's Marvelous Grace. Been in it for a few weeks. Uh, I've taken a break over the last three weeks in this, but, um, you know, sermon series are good, but I still try to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Uh, so until the Lord tells me otherwise, we'll keep trucking through Ephesians, but when He tells me otherwise, I'll pull back the reins on it and go to something else. Uh, y'all pray for us tonight. What I want to talk about tonight is uh, how that Christ, uh, and, and we've been talking about what Christ did for us uh, in the book of Ephesians, how that we were dead in trespasses and sins, but God, who was rich in mercy, uh, sent his Son that by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves, but it is a gift of God. Uh, so we've been preaching on what uh, uh, our sinful state and God's righteous state and how that his love brought us together so that we could be made in the righteousness of his son, Jesus. Uh, and now we're going to talk about what Jesus did when he died um, on the cross. He done a few things and, uh, it, as an example for us to live like him. So tonight, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verse number 14. And I'll read the rest of the uh, chapter tonight. The Bible says, For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this evening as humble as we know how. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, for your blessings on us. God, I thank you, Lord, for the sweet Spirit of God, Lord, that I feel in the service tonight. God, thank you, Lord, for the beautiful singing. God, thank you for the hymns that were sang. God, thank you, Father, for these wonderful testimonies tonight. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. Lord, I'm thankful that it's alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I'm thankful that it is profitable for reproof, for uh, righteousness, and uh, for doctrine, God. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd use us tonight, God, to bless your people. God, help us to grow closer to you tonight in the Word of God. May we get deeper into the, uh, uh, and rooted in Christ Jesus, God, that we might grow up as the cedars of Lebanon. Father, we love you tonight, and we thank you for all that you do. God, fill me with your spirit tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you uh, for reading this evening. Uh, yesterday morning... We had men's breakfast, and uh, lo and behold, John Shafter, I asked John Shafter last month to uh, 
uh, bring the devotion for us uh, yesterday, and he taught on, uh, or he spoke on Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, what he didn't know is I was still there. <laughs> he, he knew that I was going through the book of Ephesians, me and him have talked about it, but um, anyway, he, he brought out some things that I'm going to uh, uh, just kind of reiterate on what he brought out because it really blessed my soul. Uh, and uh, yesterday he talked about having an identity. And what I want to talk about tonight is what Christ done for us because I'm going to be talking about that um, in verse number uh, uh, 14, he said, Who hath made both one? One. Our identity should be as oneness in Jesus Christ. Regardless of where we come from, regardless of, uh, and honestly, I'll even say regardless of the denomination that you might attend, if you are blood-bought, born again by the salvation of Jesus Christ that he paid on Calvary, we should be as one in our identity as fellow believers. Can I get an amen? amen. It don't matter if you're a Southern Baptist or Free Will Baptist or Church of God or Holiness or whatever it might be. If you have been saved by the grace of God through faith, and you have came by the way of the cross, there is only one way to enter heaven, and that is by the man, Jesus Christ. If we have all came by the way of the cross and believed on the Son of Man, then we should be one in Jesus Christ. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 is teaching us, is that uh, we are no longer Gentiles and Jews, but we are now one in Jesus Christ. We have become adopted. You can find that in Ephesians chapter 1, how that God has adopted us unto sons and daughters unto him. In Romans, he said, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why? Because we've been adopted into the family of God. That is our identity. Jo uh, excuse me tonight. John Schaffner said yesterday, our identity is not in our occupations, relationships, or country of origin. We belong to the family of God. I love that. I love that. It doesn't matter if you're from China or Russia or from Somalia or Honduras or Mexico or the United States of America. Bless God, if you've been blood-bought, you are a part of the family of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ broke down every wall of division so that whosoever will can come by the way of the cross. Amen. Amen. Revelation 22 said, uh, uh, let him that thirsteth come. And then it says, uh, let him that hunger come. Let whosoever will come and drink of the fountain of life freely. I'm glad I'm part of that whosoever will, ain't you? Amen. Yeah. Hey, I don't know about these uh, reformists uh, today who are, are talking about the selection and the election and, and all this predestination. And, and listen, I, I believe I'm predestinated. I believe once I, I'm part of the family of God, I've been predestinated. But bless God, he didn't predestinate uh, who was going to get saved and who didn't. He gave every man free will. Amen. That's what I talked about this morning on obeying God's voice or obeying man's voice. We all have a choice. Amen. We all have a, a decision to make every day of our life who we're going to follow. Even the day that the Holy Spirit of God draws our hearts and shows us and convicts us with the Holy Ghost convicting power of God, shows us that we're sinners, that we're doomed for hell, that we need to be born again, even then, He shows us. We have a decision to make. Just because he reveals that we are sinners doesn't mean that we have to be saved. But bless God, if you want everlasting life, you'll have to come by the way of the cross. If you want to be a part of the family of God, you must be born again. 
You can't be a Gentile and still be a part of the family of God. It don't work that way. Old things be got to, have got to be cut off. That's how, uh, if you read Romans chapter 11, I believe it is, they were talking about the olive tree. How, how they, uh, uh, they've grafted in the, the wild olive tree. Listen, they, why? Because they were cut off from the old way and they were grafted into the new tree, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. We have become one with the body of Christ. Men have this thought process uh, of masculinity today is that if we are strong, brave, protective, bold, and if, we, if, if, if uh, things uh, are, are proudly shows we are men, masculinity has been defined by so many things, but the Bible gives plain instructions to be a biblical man. I want to be an Ephesians chapter 5 man. Amen. I want to be a 1 Timothy chapter 3 man. The qualifications of a bishop and a deacon. Listen, those are some qualifications that every man, whether you're in ministry or not, should ought to want to live by. Because that is the righteousness of God. That is the holiness of God. And that's how we walk close in unity with the, uh, with the Spirit. Women today have the thought process that they are entitled to do as much and more as the men do. They feel underappreciated, belittled, and deprived of liberties. But God has designed very specific roles for the man and woman. We're not any less than one or the other. Woman, tonight you're no less than I am, but you're neither no greater than I am. Men, you are no greater than your spouse, nor are you any less than your spouse. But bless God, in the eyes of God, we are equal. Amen? As our personalities and as our behaviors, as human beings and as who we are, we are created equal in the eyes of God. But does that mean that our roles are the same? No, it does not. The Bible teaches that the woman is the weaker vessel. She has certain roles and certain identities and certain liberties that God has before ordained that she should live by them. The only way to, for a woman to figure those out is to get in the Word of God. Amen. I know y'all think, boy, you're a 24-year-old. We ain't heard this kind of preaching before. Well, bless God. Get in the Word. Preachers need to get back to the Bible. We need to, listen, our young people today, our young people, and we got a few young people tonight, but bless God, they need to know what a biblical man looks like. We have got so many thugs and wannabe thugs in the world today that all they care about is love or, or, or lust, sex, money, drugs, alcohol, fame, whatever it might be, anything that is contrary to the Word of God and that's what they are striving after today. Why? Because the men in the church are not standing up and being the God-called biblical man that God has laid out before us in the Word of God. We need to return to the Word of God. If there's things in our life that don't line up with the Word of God, we need to get in the altar. We need to repent. We need to pray. Get in our prayer closet. Why? Because if we are out of line with the Word of God, we have brought division and schisms in the body of Christ. And God has not called us unto division. He has called us unto unity and liberty. That's why he has both made one. He didn't die on a cross for everybody to be divided. He didn't uh, die and bear the sins of many on the cross for our, us to, to uh, uh, separate ourselves because of petty differences. Because you don't believe the way I believe or because I don't believe the way you believe. He didn't die on a cross for that. Bless God, he died on the cross 
that whosoever will shall call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, and we could live in the unity of the body of Christ, and we could know how to live right. So many people today get saved, uh, or at least confess that they've been saved, but their actions do not live up to the Word of God. And if your works do not line up with the Word of God, I dare say you probably didn't get right with God. Because there has to be a change. There has to be a, a, a done away with the former things. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Behold, all things have become new. All things must be new. Women, they have a very specific role. I wonder why it is that Paul told us in the book of Ephesians, Husbands, love your wives. He didn't tell the wives to love your husbands. He said, wives, submit to your husbands. I ain't getting into that. I'll get to that later. I'm, I'm going through the book of Ephesians, so I know I'll get on marriage sooner or later. But there's a reason why God told us specifically. He said, men, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband." Titus chapter 1, he said, ye, uh, ye older women, teach the younger women how to love their husbands. How many of us are doing that? How many of us older men are teaching younger men how to be biblical men? I wish I had somebody teach me how. I'm still learning. I didn't know how to be a biblical husband. I didn't know how to be a biblical man until about a year and a half ago when I've, I finally started doing some study for myself and Getting the word of God and thought, oh me, I ain't in line with that. I don't do that. I don't think that way. I don't love Cassie that way. Bless God I do now. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit. Listen, we cannot fulfill the biblical roles of man and woman if the Spirit of God is not abiding in us. You cannot be a biblical person unless the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. We must have the Holy Ghost dwelling in us to teach us how to be a biblical person. It is by the Spirit of God that we can be unified in Christ Jesus. In Scripture, if we are born again, God will give us the grace to be biblical men and women if we study the Scriptures and we are to live as the children of God regardless of where we are, whether it be at home, work, the ball field, grocery store, etc. Jesus broke down... Jesus died to create a oneness in the church, in marriage, and in community. Dr. Wearsby, uh, Dr. Warren Wearsby said Paul repeats the word one to emphasize the unifying work of Christ. All spiritual distance and division have been overcome by Christ. I'm thankful for that tonight. I'm thankful that uh, all the spiritual uh, division and distance that, that once were it's been abolished. It's been done away with. And now we can come into the holiest of holies, confessing our sins and receive the forgiveness of those sins by the grace of God. First of all, I find in verse 14 that Jesus Christ, he broke down that wall and he made both one, meaning Jews and Gentiles, the circumcised and uncircumcised. We're all made to be one in Christ. There's no difference now between the two for Christ destroyed the segregation and separation on the cross. 
Bless God, a child of God should not have anything to do with racism, segregation, or separation. Because Jesus Christ abolished all of that on the cross. It don't matter your skin color, your, the, the way your mouth speaks, the language that you speak. It doesn't matter about any of that because everything has been abolished on the cross. Bless God, if you speak uh, 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 Spanish or if you speak uh, uh, Chinese or Mandarin or, or whatever those languages are, and I ain't real smart, so bear with me. I'm just a country boy from Tennessee. I know English not very well. Bless God, he saved even me, though. He broke down all that on the cross. John chapter 10, verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Next I find in verse uh, Verse 15, uh, the last part, it says, For to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Uh, I could go to Ephesians chapter 4 tonight and tell you more about the new man, uh, but I don't believe I will for the sake of time. Uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 6 says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of of the letter. Tonight, like I said before, Christ, if Christ dwells in your heart, everything that you speak, everything that you do, it should be different than the former things, than the former life. We are new. We, we have a, an obligation to live by the word of God as a new man, as a new person in Christ Jesus. Next I find in verse number 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews 2 says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Ain't you glad of that? I am so thankful that I serve a God who is not, uh, uh, who is uh, felt with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows all about us. He knows exactly the temptations that we face. He knows all the shortcomings that we deal with. He knows uh, in all points that we were tempted. Yet the Bible says he knew no sin. He was tempted at all points. 
That's why we can have reconciliation through him is because he knew no sin. He, he knows sin. He knows our sin. Amen. He knows our sin, but he knew no sin in and of himself. Therefore, he became the perfect living sacrifice, laid down his life, became slain before God for the remissions of the whole world. And that word reconciliation means to be brought nigh, means to be brought back uh, in uh, uh, oneness with God. That division, sin, in uh, Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says, uh, it's your uh, calamities that have, uh, that's King James, your calamities have separated you between uh, you and your God. Meaning, it's your sin, your disobedience, your unrighteousness that has caused a separation between you and your God. And that's why Jesus Christ, had, Jesus Christ had to come and bridge the gap and bring reconciliation to us so that we might be one uh, in the body by the cross. Verse 17 says, And came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. Meaning Jews and Gentiles there. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Ephesians, uh, uh, excuse me. We have access by one spirit tonight. And I'm thankful that it's the same spirit. Now, uh, I believe it's in 1 John chapter 4. He said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits and see whether they be of God or not. He said, If any spirit professes that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God, that spirit is not of God. But every spirit that professes that Jesus is the Son of God, that's the spirit we ought to follow and live by. Romans 5 and 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we, we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I'm glad tonight that God has separate, or God has not uh, uh, caused us to enter into a separate place to receive uh, uh, help. I'm glad that we have access straight to the throne of God tonight. Amen. I'm glad I don't have to go in a back room here and talk to the priest. Amen. To, to uh, uh, get in touch with God. Or I don't have to go to a statue and bow three times a day uh, to get a hold of God. But bless God, if I'm going down the highway, if I'm in my office, if I'm at this altar, if I'm at my bedside, bless God, I could just call on the Spirit of God and He will make groanings which cannot be uttered straight to the throne room of God. Why? Because it's by one Spirit unto the Father. We have access. That word access means a way or means of entering or approaching. Did you get that? A way or means of entering or approaching. Glory. I'm glad tonight that I can enter the throne room of heaven. Someone today was uh, uh, stop me after service. I won't call her name. She might be watching tonight. I don't want to embarrass her. But she pulled me to the side tonight and she said, Brother Ben, she said, I don't want you to think I went to the altar because I, there was sin in my life. And I was like, well, that's between you and God. You know, I don't, don't have to tell me. You can go straight to the throne with that. Amen. But she said, Ben, I, 
I feel like people will judge me if I go to the altar because people have this, and I agree, the church has this idea that if somebody goes to the altar, they need to be weeping and crying and, and get up born again. But bless God, the altar is for the child of God. The altar is for the child of God to receive help, to go straight to the throne room of God by that one spirit unto the Father to receive help, to give thanks unto God. Amen. If you need help, bless God, come by one spirit that is straight to the Father, come straight to the throne. If you need to repent of your sins, come straight to the throne. You ain't got to go to me. You ain't got to talk to me in my office. Go straight to the throne. Go straight to the Lamb of God who's able to wash away all sin. You ain't got to come to me. If you need help, bless God, you can, you can talk to me. I'll try to help you. But the greatest help you'll ever receive is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. By the Spirit of God. But she told me, she said, Ben, I just, she said, the Lord's been telling me for weeks to go to the altar. She said, but I kept sitting in my seat because I was afraid that people would think that, that something was wrong if I didn't get up crying and boohooing. I said, you go to that altar every time you want to. We need more people in the altar. I told you this morning uh, uh, that prayer, let me just go back and find that quote because I don't want to misquote it. For God's people not to pray is to sin against the Lord. Yet if there's one thing lacking in our churches today, it is prayer. Listen, church. I've been here for almost six months. Very little have I seen this altar used. We need to get in the altar. If we want to see things change at this church and in our community, in our state, and in our country, it's going to come by prayer and fasting. Now, I know a lot of you work, and y'all are at work probably before I wake up in the morning. But bless God, I try to be at prayer meeting twice a week. I come here at 9 a.m. on Mondays, and I'll either go to Brother Everett's church on Wednesday or Brother John's church on Wednesday at 7 a.m. to pray. Because if I want to see God move in this church, it's going to come by prayer. It's not going to come by myself. The, the salvations that we've seen, the baptisms that we've had, the Bibles that we've given out, bless God, it ain't nothing that I've done. It's all by the Spirit of God. It's all came through prayer. Believe me, I, I, I don't just pray twice a week. I don't want you to think that. Boy, he's a sorry pastor if he prays twice a week. No. I can, I, when I pray, I can almost visualize where everybody sits. And I try and go through every person that sits in these pews and pray for them. I may not know a specific prayer to pray for you, but I at least mention your name that God will bless you and that God will help you because I want to see God change things. I want to see God do a work here and it will only come by that one spirit. One thing that's lacking in our churches today is prayer. But she told me, she said, Ben, she said, I'm so happy now. I said, see, you minded God. You obeyed the voice of the Lord. You went to the altar. She said, well, I didn't have anything to say, but thank you, Lord. I thought, well, bless God. All heaven's rejoicing. Amen. Heaven rejoices when we go to the throne and say, thank you, Lord. I believe every now and then we ought to. 
Go back to the throne where it all started and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the blessings in my life. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for allowing us to be a blessed people. Listen, I don't know if any of you have been directly affected by the coronavirus, but bless God, God has protected this church and uh, has washed over this church and everybody in this church. And to this date, I don't know that anybody has been with it. Now tomorrow we might all get tested. Every one of us have it. I don't know. But I'm giving God thanks right now because for the last few months there's nobody been ill or sick uh, or, or even deathly sick in this church. Now, I know Brother Doyle Farrell, he had a scare and, and we're thankful that God healed him, brought him out. Uh, but other than and, and Brother Ken had shingles and bless God, God took care of that and healed him and, and he's been here ever, ever since. We, all, we have things to give thanks for tonight, don't we? I believe it does some good to get in the altar and give thanks. You, you ain't got to be a sinner to get in the altar. You ain't got to have some unrepentant sin in your life to get in the altar. Bless God, just come and say, thank you, Lord. I believe it's Dottie Rambo that uh, uh, wrote the song. And yeah, you uh, singers, y'all can correct me. Uh, but didn't she write, uh, I just came to talk with you, Lord. I didn't come to ask you of anything. I just came to talk. Sometimes that's all he wants from us. You know, I think it would do us a lot of good if we would just stop asking him to do this and to do that and give us this and give us that and just talk to the Lord. Just be his friend. Stop asking for things and just say, thank you for what I've got. Thank you for my blessings. Thank you for what you've already done. Amen. We give thanks tonight. Bless my heart to hear you tell me that after service. We need more people. May she be an example to others on Sundays and Wednesdays and Sunday nights to get in the altar and pray. One of the last things the disciples asked Jesus before he ascended, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say teach us to cast out demons or to cast out uh, this or to heal all manners of, uh, of sickness, but they said, teach us to pray. I believe it would do us a lot of good if the Lord would teach us how to pray. There's a correct way, and I, uh, John 17 is a beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture of the Lord's Prayer. Everybody says, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the Lord's Prayer, and that's the most famous prayer uh, that the Lord taught his disciples. But if you want to know how to pray, you go and look how Jesus prayed unto the Father in John chapter 17, how he prayed not for himself, but he prayed for every man uh, that was in his day, but also even in our day. You can go back to John 17 and you think, boy, he's praying for me. He did. Over 2,000 years ago, our Lord and Savior, he prayed for every one of us tonight because he knew that every one of us tonight would be sitting in this church house with needs in our life, with burdens on our heart, with sin in our life that needed to be forgiven. And he prayed for every one of us that the Holy Spirit of God would be our comforter and that the Holy Spirit of God would be that one spirit that would give us access directly to the Father. Lastly tonight, Matthew Henry said, Christ purchased for us leave to come to God and the Spirit gives us a heart to come and strength to come, even grace to serve God acceptably. 
In Genesis, God walked with his people. But in Exodus, he began to dwell with his people. Exodus 25 and 8, God dwelt with the people. 1 Samuel chapter 4, God dwelt in the tabernacle. 1 Kings chapter 8, God dwelt in the temple. John 1 and 14, God dwelt in the uh, carnate body of Christ. The fleshly body of Christ. The Spirit of God dwelt in him. And today, God dwells in the church, which is the temple of God through the Holy Spirit. A temple which is not made with hands, uh, including uh, not, uh, a temple not made with hands, including church buildings. He dwells in the hearts of those who trusted Christ and in the church collectively. And we see that in verses 20 through 22. It says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. If you have received the reconciliation and the pardon of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have become that temple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his Spirit should dwell in your life. You know, that ought to make us want to live and do things that pleases the Spirit of God. Amen? I know I like pleasing my flesh. Don't you? I like a good T-bone steak. I like some good Charleston's bread pudding. I like me some bluebell ice cream. Amen? Pleasing the flesh. I could be up here all night talking about food. But what I love more is pleasing God. It's not always easy. It gets us out of our comfort zone a lot of times. But my, how the blessings come when you just obey the Spirit of God. When you just get in line with the Word of God. Listen, if you want to see God bless your house, you want to see God bless your life, if you have a ministry, you want to see God bless your ministry, He'll just get in line with the Word of God. He'll bless it. He'll bless it. Amen. I hope you receive something tonight that will touch your heart and that you can chew on till Wednesday. We'll be back Wednesday night and back in the Word. Um, I do want to bring something up, uh, something the Lord's laid on my heart. It's pertaining to visitation. Uh, this last Wednesday we just visited. Uh, we prayed and we went visit, visiting uh, and bless God that visitation paid off. We had uh, Miss Kayla and Christy here with us uh, this morning. Uh, I don't know her maiden name. You might know Betty. Uh, um, Christy Marlin. Yes, Christy Marlin and Kayla Warner. Uh, they came this morning and said they'd be back. Uh, so thank God for that. And that's uh, week one of visit, visiting, door knocking. I didn't know them. They didn't know me from Adam. Uh, and I had a lot of, I'd knock on the door and I'd get that strange look like, who are you? You ain't from here. <laughs> you ain't from Kellyville. You ain't from Sepulpa. They, then they heard me talking and they said, you ain't from Oklahoma. <laughs> but it's been good. Uh, but anyway, so uh, what's been on my heart is that we try and visit twice a month. So uh, like 
this coming Wednesday we'll be in the in the church and we'll we'll go through a Bible study and then the next Wednesday we go visiting. So I wanted to ask y'all what your opinion was because if we do that, uh, we would kind of have two separate church times there during the week because we would have Bible study at seven. But if those that wanted to go visit on Wednesday, we would have to do it earlier because I was uh, our last house was at eight thirty last Wednesday. And that's a little too late to be knocking on people's doors. <laughs> so I'm going to back that up to 6 p.m. for those that want to meet and go visiting on Wednesdays. Um, my second suggestion was if not doing it twice a month, doing it once a month and doing it every last Wednesday of the month. And then that last Wednesday would be at 6 p.m. and the rest of the month would just be in the church going through Bible study or preaching, whatever you get from me is... So I just want to talk to the church about, about that. You can let me know after church. Um, is there any other announcements or comments? Take it all. Take it all. Um, I've already went through those books and grabbed the ones that I wanted in the pastor's office. So, <laughs> yeah, y'all can't get those. Those are off limits. Um, but anyway, any of the books back there, uh, they're free to go, right? I mean, uh, free to go. Everything in the hallway, if one person wants it, take it all. Because <laughs> we don't need it. It's been here for years, and we don't need it. But um, anyway, that's all free if you want it. Uh, there's a desk and a bookshelf and uh, oh, okay bookshelf's gone okay good deal all right um, revival August 13th brother my cuts will be here uh, August 13th through the 16th It'll be a Thursday night through a Sunday night. Uh, that's Julie's birthday, so don't forget. If you want to know how old she's turning, you can come find me after church. I won't announce it publicly. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> uh, sounds good to me. All right. Also, during that revival, y'all wanted some local singers, so I've reached out and I've got some local singers coming. Uh, I got a guy from uh, Broken Arrow. Uh, him and his wife will be here Thursday and Friday night. Uh, and then I've got a, a young man who's my age from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Uh, his name is Brandon Bumgarten. Uh, he ran for state senate. Uh, so he'll be here with us Saturday night and Sunday night. Um, Josh Ransom is the man from Broken Arrow. He's Brad Ransom's son. Uh, if you know Brad Ransom, he's on the uh, North American Ministries, uh, uh, the Frio Baptist North American Ministries uh, board. He's a 
director of church planning, uh, Brad Ransom is, and it's his son that lives in uh, Broken Arrow. Him and his wife will be here. Uh, Josh actually has a singing group, but uh, the, the other singers live in Ohio and Arkansas, uh, and so he said that they wouldn't be able to come. But anyway, be praying for them, be praying for the revival. It's coming up in just a few weeks. Um, also, the association meeting, First Mission Association meeting, will be August 15th at 10 a.m. That'll be here uh, at the church. So, All right. Do I need to sit down? <laughs>